Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Brampernard. We'll be right back. The three of us will kick things off. Got a special guest this hour. We've got Car Selling Secrets the second hour. We'll be right back with the family. So, Dougie. Yes. Are you doing yours first? Or sure. Are you doing Michael Bryan first? I'll do it first? right now. All right, you're doing first. Okay, here we go. Um, auto show is right around the corner. Uh, so we, this is the slowest time for the year for us, which is why we're not on the morning show. But uh, right. with President's Day in two or three weeks, that's really become the start of the selling season. So if you are in the market for a brand new car or late model used, uh, I want to remind people that Walls are, since October, rolled out for absolute no cost to you, a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty called Walzer Care. It includes roadside assistance, so if you get a flat tire, lock your keys in the car, uh, run out of gas, we will come out and help you solve that problem. Uh, and it's also got towing, and, and that's for 10 years, 150,000 miles on all new and about 80% of the used cars we sell. So. When you start shopping, and I know people will soon, don't forget about Walzer Care. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the matter with you? The name of that band? Uh... I know uh, it's, uh, it's the it, they're Native American. Is it Redbone? They are yes, indeed. it is. Redbone, very good. It's Redbone, Red baby. Do you know? That. Do you know where Danny's Bar in Minneapolis was? Yep. It yep. was like Chicago and Twelfth, kind of right in the hood. I mm-hmm. played in a band, and we uh, we we got hired to play at Danny's, and they literally had chicken wire at the front of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but we learned that song, and the crowd went crazy. It was, it was a Native American neighborhood in those, in, back in the 80s. And maybe it is that's still now. Guy, I don't know. That's where the guy got, got arrested. Remember the guy who pretended to be Native American that was killing people? Oh, he might not have been I living forgot here about then. that. Remember, yeah, remember, that was at Danny's Bar, I think, where they arrested him. Yep. Or maybe it was the Bears Den. The Bears Den was up might on have been the Bears Franklin Den. and Chicago, right yeah, around the corner Chicago, from there. Yeah. Yep. I went in yep, there once was. when I was 18 because a buddy of mine said that they had 10-cent beers. So a couple skinny white kids go in there with hair down to their butts. We pounded those dimes into the uh, bar <laughs> for about 35 minutes before the bartender nice. looked up and waited on us. They, they were not happy that we were there. Let's just put it that way. Well, that'll happen. That'll Red happen. Is a Cajun term for a mixed-race person. 
Huh. So there you go. Oh, I didn't know that. Because the uh, brothers were, I don't know how to pronounce this, Y-A-Q-U-I. Yaki? Yaki? Yaki. Yeah, Yaki probably. Shoshone and Mexican. Hmm. So there you go. I did not know. That. So red bone is just means mixed race. In Cajun, yep. Why would you have? Why would you have red bones? I don't get it. I'm thinking they look white on the outside, but they're red on the inside. Oh, you think that that's could what be it is? Like an Oreo? Yeah, that could be it. Oh, an Oreo. Oreo, banana. Let's see <laughs> there what else is. is there. White on the inside, yellow on the inside. That'd be an egg. Let's see what's white on the in- outside, but black on the inside. Hmm. I don't know. A reverse What's Oreo. the answer? A reverse area? Okay. Baptist Church? <clears throat> there you oh, go. Listen to you. That's pretty ah, good. <clears throat> not, not bad, man. I've heard worse things from you. <laughs> ah, All those slurs. That That's why we call them Slur Sprinthal. <laughs> yeah. That's a great slur nickname. Slur Sprinthal. Hey, Slur, what's up? Oh, man. Um, why is there a problem in Seattle with the with the name of their hockey team? I don't get this. This much is clear. Seattle's getting an NHL team, and it will play its first game in the 2021 season. But what will that team be called? That's where things are getting a little strange. Hockey blogger John Hoven said Wednesday in a radio interview that he has learned the name will likely be the Seattle Kraken, referring to a fictitious sea monster, reports the Seattle Times. The new franchise declined to confirm or deny. A post at sports.mynorthwest notes that the smoother-sounding Seattle Sockeyes appear to have been leading uh, the leading candidate, but an unusual legal issue is at play regarding romance novels. It seems author Jamie Davenport has been writing about the fictional Seattle Sockeyes hockey team in her books for a while, oh. and she filed for a trademark in 2017 when news first broke that Seattle was getting a team. So they Davenport it tells the Seattle from yeah. a book. Without asking. Yes, they did. Not smart. That's correct. I'd rather go with Seattle Kraken anyway. Well, not to mention Sockeye. It's like name yourself after the grossest kind of salmon. Sockeye salmon or gross? <laughs> I don't like Sockeye. Sockeye okay. is the one that has that weird fishy artificial taste. Hmm. It's Atlantic It's real salmon. fatty, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like really fatty fish, <clears throat> I think, if I remember correctly. Not a big, uh, not a big fan. So yeah, they're not going to be the. Se- oh, here we go. Another candidate in the mix: the Seattle Totems. Oh, uh, that'll totem. never make it. No, it doesn't even work. That's not going to make it. Let's go with Seattle Kraken and just shut up. How about that? Kraken's good. It's a sea monster. It's basically a squid, octopus kind of thing. Yeah, that's right? awesome. It was a great name. Yeah, Kraken's a great name. I got no problem with that. Plus, the fact Seattle Sockeye, because there's so many fights in the NHL, you can think they're talking about socking somebody in the eye. Yeah. So knock it off. You heard me. You heard what I said. But uh, God, Bloomberg's going to spend another ten million dollars on a Super Bowl ad. That boy's got some money. Wow. Fifty-three billion dollars will get it done, won't it? He sure does. Wait, man. what is he advertising? Well, himself, the uh, president. Himself, yeah, oh. he wants to be president. I didn't know you were allowed to do political ads during the Super Bowl. Mm, you can do whatever you want now, apparently. I guess if you got the uh, money. If you can we, pay for it. Yeah. You know, it's, how, what is a Super Bowl ad now? Is it like $5 million a minute or something? Uh, probably mm, something about like that. that. Let's see. That's what, remember a long time ago, that High Life ad? Yeah. Just the guy yelling high life, and it was like one second long. That's mm-hmm. that, that was the whole joke is because it was too expensive to get a real <laughs> ad, so they had to buy one second of time. Uh, 
Jesus. 30 seconds on Super Bowl 34 was $2.2 million. Yeah, so it's about a million, $5 million a minute. Let's see. By Super Bowl Live, it is 5.6 per 30. Five point six per thirty. Whoa! One hundred and twelve, hundred and twenty million viewers. Though I suppose that's that rules the day. Well, I know a guy that NFL that, is uh, tax exempt, or else they'd be making no money, right? Yeah, exactly. I know a guy that wrote and produced an ad that made it on the Super Bowl. It was probably ten years ago from Monster.com, mm. and it was the cubicle space where the guys are like lighting their farts on fire. Remember that one? <laughs> and there's a poor young woman there, and she's just looking all frazzled. And the tag was like, need a new job? Monster.com. It was pretty good, actually. Monster.com. We already knew Michael Bloomberg was shelling out $10 million of his own money to buy a Super Bowl ad. On Tuesday, the 2020 candidate unveiled the 60-second spot in advance. and it's So 5.6 for 30 seconds, but it's all the way down to $10 million for a full minute. Yeah, so, you, yeah. get a, you get a $1.2 million discount. There you go. There you go. Uh, um, You put it on your card and get the miles. Mm. Yeah, there you go. The ad features Calandrian Simpson Kemp, whose 20-year-old son was shot and killed in 2013, Bloomberg said. Heard mothers crying, so he started fighting. The Texas woman is a member of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, um, which emerged uh, in 2013 with Bloomberg's Mayors Against Illegal Guns. To create every town for gun safety, reports CBS News. The new ad does not mention President Trump, whose campaign also bought a $10 million ad uh, on Sunday's broadcast. So we're going to see a lot of political ads on the on the. Uh, well, I can't watch the Super Bowl, Great. so by the time I see it, I won't I won't see any commercials. We're going to watch the Puppy Bowl. Puppy Bowl's good. I like <laughs> the Puppy Bowl actually. The Puppy Bowl works for me. Um, I still nobody can still answer the Tulsi Gabbard question for me. Why don't they like a young, mixed-race woman who served in the military? She's very smart. She's very tough. What is the problem with her? Well, who's they? Because that the answer to that question the, the depends Democratic very Party. much. Well, that, because she's not Democratic enough. That's, well, but, yeah, well, she's, so she's not way, way far left? Yes. Well, yeah, what they would but call that's the Democratic, good news. I suppose. But they're not, that's that, not their MO right now. I I mean, can you imagine a moderate running on either side? It just wouldn't work. No. No, I suppose not. But, I mean, I'd vote for her. I, I think she's pretty straight ahead, pretty common sense. Uh, you know, i got no problem with that whatsoever. So here's what I like. White men, particularly old white men, are the worst human beings on earth, but that's all we have running for the Democratic yeah. nomination. Well, well, what the Elizabeth hell is that? Warren and Pete Buttigieg, he's out. he acts Pete's like a, an old man, but he actually is only, what, yeah, 38? <laughs> Yeah, and he's out already anyway. I mean, he's not officially out, but they're both. I mean, it's basically going to be either Bernie Sanders or Biden, it looks like. Well, I, you know, I was talking to, I hate to keep bringing this up, but it was my, thank yeah. you for letting me interview Chris Matthews on Monday. And I'm sorry that the oh, no, technical no, stuff no, failed funny. so you couldn't be there. But we were talking about that, and he actually agreed with me. I, I think that it's likely one of those two will be the nominee, and I think it really mm-hmm. becomes important who they pick as VP as either one of them are likely to be one-term presidents. In other words, they're in their late 70s. That job takes such a physical mm-hmm. toll on people. Even 50-year-olds come out looking like uh, they're yeah. 70. So it's yeah, like... well, Obama went in yeah. looking good, and he came out with white hair, and same with uh, <laughs> yeah. W. It was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like dog true. years. Every year as a president, it's like mm-hmm. seven to a normal person. So I would think that... 
And he thought Klobuchar actually had a good shot at being VP with one of them. And somebody told me that somebody's already bought the URL BidenKlobuchar.com, although that's that might oh, be really? just preventative. Yeah. Because in the last election, uh, the Trump uh, team bought JebBush.com, which I thought was brilliant. So if you typed in yeah, Jeb well, Bush, it came up, and then it redirected to Donald Trump's campaign site. That's uh, that that's something a car guy would do. How did his people ever let that happen? Well, How did you it, not it, just, buy JebBush.com? Yeah, you would think that if you were smart, you would have been Jesus. starting buying that stuff, you know, a year before you ran. Absolutely. You buy that way, way in advance. I don't know. We'll see what the situation is. But I know that Biden's begging Michelle Obama to, to run with him, but she's not going to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't think. I'm looking at presidential before and after picks. And most of them, the rule applies. You know, uh, even they, get, they e- come out old. Even Teddy, he went in zero wrinkles. He came out looking like he had gone through war. Which I mean, oh Teddy Roosevelt. <clears throat> but I shook my head because uh, they got JFK on here. Which oh, I mean, oh, yeah, it's not really an after picture yeah. now, is it? Now Reagan no, actually got younger. I think he had some facial work done, and he kept dyeing his hair blacker and blacker. Yeah, Carter <laughs> actually looks younger in the after yeah. picture. Well, he was only in for four. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eisenhower, I mean, he went. He, how do you get older than old Eisenhower? That's, well, he always, even when he was 30, he looked like he was 70. He's got one of those faces. but yeah, Isn't he, it funny how that's changed? We've been, I think we've been talking about this. Sarah and I have been watching Perry Mason episodes, and people were a lot older at early ages back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They you see somebody in their 40s, were, and they look like they're 65 years old. Well, how many people were yep. born on a farm and had to work you know, from that's the true. time they Came were up 10 in years times. old? Yeah, yep. exactly. That, it ages you. Still love, still love the grapes of wrath. You know, let me tell you something. I'm getting worried about Ma. She's getting really old. She's 55, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, whoa. Things have changed in the last hundred years. Quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Um, Yeah, so we'll see what the situation is. But I I just uh, got in a little bit of a disagreement yesterday because I said, why is the Democratic Party going after Amy Klobuchar? And then a couple other people on the show didn't think they were and i said well they obviously are and then of course today it's been revealed they did go after her and now they're asking her to step aside and drop out of the race i think the parties are in the absorb your twin phase of gestation right now so what 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 happened that they're asking her to step down when she was attorney general apparently she oh is this the taisha edwards thing is that her name yes the the little kid that got murdered I believe so, yeah. Uh, and uh, the guy's doing life in prison, and they're saying he's innocent. So, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It, those that aren't familiar with the case, I think it's early 2000s when Amy was the Hennepin County attorney. Right. It was gang warfare in North Minneapolis, and some 11-year-old kid got shot sitting at her kitchen table doing homework. And right. it, they thought it was, if I remember right, two or three different gang members, and they they put a young kid away i think he was like 15 or 16 years old and retried him but they think he's still guilty but i I do do remember that so if he's still guilty what are they going after her for well well, i you know i don't i I guess i don't know i just this is all news to me i've been watching less and less national news because i my frustration level is just maxed out 
I do not blame you for staying away from it. You know what I think, honestly, God, no matter which side loses, you should be forced out of office. So if the president loses, they're going to force him out of office, right? Well, if the other side loses, how about basically Pelosi, Schumer, and, and uh, Schiff? Go away. Just go away. You guys <laughs> wasted tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer money on nothing. Go away. God, well, those people are obnoxious. Uh, there we go. Donald Trump and the other three. Yeah, they're angry because Mayan Burrell uh, is who she prosecuted. And apparently there wasn't enough evidence for them to be happy about that. I don't right. Know. So I they think like he's wrongly convicted, in other words, right? But there's, That's as far as I know, there's no actual proof. That if I remember right, there was, wasn't he tried twice or didn't they, did they have a retrial? I think so. I thought so. But, you know, it's a race issue, and that's everything now with the – and, again, these people are not progressive. They're not liberal. They're not even really Democrats. They're just psychopaths who had a bad professor. That's what this is. You know, so so that's the whole deal. It's like everything is about race to them. Everything is about race and marginalization and privilege. And it's like, calm down. How can it be about race if the girl that got killed was black? I know, but see, it was a white woman that convicted a black kid. Oh, I see. Okay, I get it. That's what it is. We're going to take a break because you have a special guest coming up. Next, Elka Schultz joins us. Overcome winter anxiety, baby. All we do is help on this show. You ever notice that? I need to talk to her. All we do is help. Mm -hmm. We will be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck Nabla. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Well, you are playing random music, aren't you? Yes, I am. If you leave me now. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Elka Scholl's with us. Elka, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. 
I'm glad to hear that. I got to tell you, some psychotherapist Elka Scholz with us. Uh, so far, I've heard about oh seven, eight thousand people say, "Oh my God, I got to talk to her about overcoming winter anxiety." Winter anxiety. <laughs> winter anxiety. Yeah, it's a little, a uh, little bit much in Minnesota. You know. Sorry, I didn't hear the question. Oh no, no! I just said that. I said that uh, overcoming winter anxiety in Minnesota is a tough job. Oh right, There's no right. doubt about it. No question. For millions of people, colder weather brings the blues along with darker days and staying inside more often. Learn how to recognize and tame seasonal anxiety triggers. Psychotherapist Elka Scholz is known as the anxiety... Ooh, the anxiety warrior. I like that, Elka. Yep. The anxiety warrior. Well, I have anxiety myself. so that uh, And I didn't know it when I was growing up. I didn't know it as a child or a teenager or even a young adult. And... Um, I did learn that I have anxiety, and then, of course, uh, my journey began of discovering where did this all come from and how can I manage it. Is it, uh, from what I understand now, uh, anxiety comes from the fact that in your head, in your brain, you're worried, but worry doesn't, uh, doesn't come out. It stays in your head, but worry turns into anxiety when you start to express it verbally. Is that correct? Yeah, and it comes from a lot of different places. Uh, worry is one of them. Uh, it can also come from a lack of water. Your brain will send signals mm-hmm. to your body that feel anxiety-like. Hmm. Yeah, so I can see that. lack of hydration Absolutely. will actually create anxiety. So it comes from a lot of different places. So now, Elka, where did you grow up? I grew up uh, in Ontario, and I now live in Muskoka uh, in Ontario okay. as well. Okay, now, so basically you know about dealing with winter anxiety as well, right? (laughs) Okay, well, I just wanted to make sure, because uh, Doug is with us today, and Doug said he's really got to talk to you about this winter anxiety thing. So my question is, snorting vitamin D, copious amounts of bad strategy (laughs) to uh, counteract seasonal affective disorder, it's been, they, they just said on the local news, this is the cloudiest January we've had since 1963, and I just, I, I just hate every moment of every day. What do I do? Yeah, and I find, um, yes, those cloudy, soft days. And, and you know, part of it is, is um, you know, we start feeling depressed or quieter or uh, less energy in the winter, and uh, one thing that I'm encouraging people to do is to relax into that. Um, you know, we can hibernate, too. Uh, maybe it means um, uh, warm blankets and favorite soups, comfort food, resting. It is a time of rest. And uh, even though, you know, we'll have to get out and go to jobs and things like that, I mean, there's other things we can do. Uh, one of the things is... Um, when there is a little bit of sunshine, to get out there, even if it's for two minutes or one minute, and just to pause and take in those sun rays. The other is a sun lamp. Uh, my own office is, I have a little cubby hole, if you would see me now where I'm sitting, and, um, and I do have a sun lamp, and I, I don't have it on a lot. It just has made such a difference, especially when we have... Um, uh, these soft, cloudy days that, you know, over and over again, we're not having the sunshine. And, um, and you're right, uh, some people take vitamin D, uh, which is our sunshine uh, vitamin, um, though I'm not a naturopath, so I can't even recommend, um, I don't know how much to, 
you know, suggest mm-hmm. anyways. So that's just a few little things, but there's other things too. Um, but a few having a meal help, with yeah. a friend uh, and or family, you know, making sure that maybe wintertime is, it is a time that it's slower, but it's a great time to make connections and be with people. Yeah, and I think that's terrific. One of those things, yeah, um, the whole, you know, winter is a time to... Oh, I can barely hear you. Oh, uh, I will turn myself up. There you go. How is that? Any better? No. Can you say it again? Sorry. Well, you can hear Tom, so I'll just let him take the reins. Okay. No, that's fine. Uh, So basically, what what I want to ask you about, is it okay if I just call you Elka? Yes, please. And I love, I love that name, by the way. Elka Summer was a good lead for all Elkas in the world, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she was indeed. No doubt about it. So, okay, you start out by, let's say you have some, some experiences. In my particular case, I, I got worry as a little child because I, I watched my mother, who was trying to raise children by herself and, and, and was a waitress, she worried constantly about how she was going to make the, make the ends meet, how she was going to pay the bills. How she would. So I picked up on that. You, you kind of inherit that by watching your parent. If you care about them, you kind of pick up on their, their worry and anxiety, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Is we there anything you can do about habit, it? And mm-hmm. I want to emphasize the word habit. So worry uh, is something we can change. We have fifty to 70,000 thoughts a day. And uh, most of those are repetitive. And the good news is that we can be the master of our minds and we can change those thoughts. It takes a bit of work, though I do have a strategy for that. So, uh, and you're right, worrying isn't really beneficial. It, it kind of just keeps swirling around. So mm-hmm. one of the things I tell um, clients is, you know, write down all your worries. And uh, one at a time, just write down the facts that support the worry. So what facts are suggesting that this worry is justified? And in a lot of cases, we'll find oh, there might be something, but mm, there isn't really a lot. And then write down the facts that support a more helpful thought. So uh, whatever that worry is, I don't know if you have one, but I'm certainly happy to work through it. And um, write down you know, what supports a more a balanced, realistic thought. And um, actually, uh, my clients have reported when they do that exercise, they come back and they go, wow, it really, it really changes because worry, worry and anxiety, they're part of our uh, human makeup and who we are. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like anxiety tapping us on the shoulder and saying, hey, pay attention. <laughs> pay attention to something. So, uh, and, and, you know, we don't, we don't want to assume that it's a habit or that it's wrong. So let's write it down. Let's look at it. Let's um, look at the facts. And then let's look at what really is happening. And let's um, reframe and, and think about that thought in a more realistic, balanced way. Does that make sense, or is that helpful? No, it absolutely is helpful. It makes a lot of sense, as a matter of fact. Okay, I, cool. uh, well, I t- 
I tell you this, I, I, the way I think, Elka, and this is absolutely true that I have had worry that turned into anxiety. For a lot of people, that turns into depression. Yep. But for me, it turned it turns into rage, which is really unusual, I guess. Hmm. So, you know, I behave now. I take a couple extra breaths, Elka, <laughs> so it works out really, really well. Well, um, and, yeah, and, you know, are all these unpleasant uh, human emotions... Um, they're there for a reason, and they're, they are really um, asking, uh, like, when we have an unpleasant emotion like rage, anger, irritation, frustration, however you want to word it, stress, anxiety, and, you know, anxiety and stress comes in so many different forms, uh, whether it's fear, grief, all those emotions are signals for us to say, hey, let's pay attention, what do we need to do here? They're not wrong. So when you feel rage, it's not wrong to feel angry or rage right. or anything. It's just that something is telling you something isn't right. And it's Yeah, that's exactly right. right. Yep, yep, that's exactly right, as a matter of fact. I, I, one thing that on the upside of that whole thing, Elka, and this is absolutely true, and people looked at me in a really weird way when in high school... I actually laughed at this quote when everybody else took it really deeply and seriously. I laughed because I, I thought, my God, that's so true. I was sitting in, in class, and the teacher read a quote from Jean-Paul Sartre, hell is other people, and I started laughing <laughs> because I was like, yes, yes, it certainly is, isn't it? Um, like right now, Elka, we're, yes, okay, so we have winter, and it's uh, it's overcast, and it's cold, but yep. if you turn on the television, everybody in America hates everybody else, Elka. It's just, it's very upsetting, actually. Yes. Well, when I, you know, and I don't know if uh, you'll enjoy listening to this because we are on the radio, um, is uh, one of the things I do uh, encourage people to do is know when to disengage. And yeah. our yeah. media, uh, and I mean, this program, I want to, you know, say thank you so much for doing things like this because it supports people and we're enriching people's Wonderful. lives. We need more of that, this. Um, we need to also disengage from uh, the social media and media out there. Um, there's so much uh, of uh, disasters and, uh, you know, we hear it repetitively and over and over and over again, sometimes the same story. And what it does, is it really does upset our system. And uh, it's just knowing when to disengage. And when to say, you know what, I need to turn that off right now. Or I need to mm-hmm. listen to this program, which is going to, you know, help me and um, help me live my life and help me live a good life. We all deserve to do that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's important to know when to disengage, when to pull back. Is it easy to do that, though, Elka? I mean, is it, is it easy to disengage, or do you need to sit and, and make a concerted effort to learn how to, get the, how to do that right? Well, I did that very early on. I actually, um, I remember once a long time ago walking in a grocery store, and when I was looking at different products, I could hear the jingles in my head, and I just went, mm-hmm. whoa, no, I don't want to do this. So I actually, and I also was involved with a lot of um, uh, town council. Um, I was on different committees and things, and I learned a lot um, 
about um, you know how the how media can present or advertising even, and so I I step back then I I um, I tend to um, you know I don't uh, I don't go out of my way to fill my head or go into watching a lot of uh, media because. I do always find out what's going on. It's interesting. I have clients they will either tell me or I can, if there's something locally that's happening, I'll do more research, talk to people. And um, it's, it's not that I've ever been in, you know, um, my head in the sand. It's not like that at all. It's just that mm-hmm. why am I upsetting myself by listening to things that are going on all over the world? It's not that I don't care. I do care deeply. However, um, you know, we need to think about where where can we be the most useful? Where can we help people the most? And for me, if I take care of myself, and then I can be, you know, as close to 100% as possible, then I can help. Like being, like I love to do radio interviews. I just totally love it. I enjoy it so much because I, I just want to help people. And I don't think it's so difficult, some of these strategies. And and the same as my private practice. I want to be on top of things so I can really help people and empower them. And if I'm uh, defeated or sad or uh, bogged down uh, by, uh, you know, because I've listened to the news over and over again, um, I don't think that's useful. So, um, yeah, I have, I've, I've stepped back and I, I hope that I do enrich lives. So that, that's how I've done it. Well, but I think that is true because you do obviously enrich other people's lives. You really do help people a lot. That's got to feel really good, Elka, I would imagine, knowing that you are helping a lot of people. Yes, yes, it does. And and I think um, I also believe in, like, we're all connected. Like, in some way, as humans, we are connected with each other. And I think as we keep our vibration in a, in a good, healthy way, whether it's uh, you know physically, spiritually, emotionally, that that people are going to resonate with that. They're, it's going to help them as well, and and that's where I, if I you know would encourage listeners or encourage people is to you know focus on that. How can you enrich your life? Because there's a ripple effect that happens, just like when a pebble drops in a lake. There's this beautiful ripple effect. Um, it affects so many people, and then as you affect them in a positive way, it, again, there's this, you know, big ripple effect that becomes endless in a way. Okay, I do need to take a very quick break. Can you stay with us for a few more minutes after the break? Sure, I'd love to. <laughs> Wonderful. We'll be right back right with this. Elka Scholl's Overcome Winter Anxiety and All Anxiety, basically. We'll be right back more with Elka right after this. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. 
We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Do do do. West Virginia. Well, it's kind of a positive song, don't you think? Uh, West Virginia. Well, there you go, uh, Mr. Sprinthal. I want you to ask a few questions. Uh, you should tell Elka what you did uh, back in the day before. Ronald Reagan changed the rules a bit. Oh, that's interesting. So I was a young psychology undergraduate student at a local uh, university here, and I took a job as a mental health counselor in a locked psychiatric ward, and I watched the implosion of our healthcare system, mental health care system in this uh, country in the early 80s, and it was just you, you could almost t- predict what was going to happen. Um, seriously mentally, a lot of schizophrenic patients uh, being pretty much left to their own devices would get off their meds. And it was really, in my mind, the start of the big uh, homeless problem in in the United States right now. So many homeless people are either mentally ill or on drugs, you know. You solve those two problems, you solve the homelessness. But we have made very little progress in treating schizophrenia particularly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know that there's a question there, quite honestly. But Andy brings up a good point. You know, it's, I, I think mental illness in general is treated as some sort of a character defect. Whereas if you know people that are actually suffering from psychosis, they're not doing it on purpose. But why do you think that the treatment, uh, medical science, is lagging so far behind in the treatment of mental illnesses? Why? Yes. Uh. I think uh, probably uh, lack of money, lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I think that we've had um, uh, mental, we've had uh, mental illness um, has gone all through our history. And, um, you know, we haven't, uh, we haven't understood it because it's invisible in a way. You know, you might look at a person and and they they don't show an outward injury or an outward in, illness, and so then it's not understood. And um, when people don't understand things, they're afraid of them. It's very true. I, I think there's a few reasons, yeah. And I think that's also what inspired me writing the books, 
because um, you know I came I I noticed people coming in with similar problems and and also here in Ontario we don't have enough funds to help everybody and a lot of people don't have insurance and I just thought you know what this this can be like why not put all these resources out there it costs less than a pizza and because uh, money is a big thing people um, whether it's you know our government and funding and programs or whether it's um, you know when we choose when we we may not have enough money so then we're not going to choose to spend money on on therapy you know maybe we just have enough money for food and clothes so in in the Canadian healthcare system uh, therapy psychotherapy is not something that's covered no that's no, it, it sometimes it is through employment programs, mm-hmm. though it, there's still many many gaps. So it, it would be part of the. From what I understand, that in the Canadian healthcare system, there still is sort of a private umbrella that, yeah. that that's optional that covers a lot of, I guess what they would probably call non-essential services. But it sounds like your argument is that these really aren't non-essential. Right. Yep, sometimes it's covered privately, but in a lot of cases, it's not. There's big gaps, very big gaps. And I, it sounds See, Doug, like I fi- it, that you have those gaps, too. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of gaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. No, I, and, I find this fascinating. Sorry? No, I find this fascinating. I like your conversation you're having. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I yeah, think uh, as we I struggle mean, with our healthcare system in this country, I think it's sort of, I don't know right, what the right word is, but we look to Canada and some of the European countries as having perfect healthcare because it's nationalized. And, and a little deeper examination it usually points out that, you know, there's, there's no perfect system. No, and unfortunately, I mean, we have, um, I'm just trying, looking up the stat here, um, it's like a quarter million Canadians are off work every week because of stress and anxiety. I mean, that's how high it is. Wow. It's a lot. Mm. That's a lot of people. Can, can I and, ask an uh, ignorant question? How many people live in Canada? What's the population of the country, oh approximately? Now you, you know what? Those <laughs> 37 million. They're, 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 they're oh, it's 37 million? They don't roll around in the Yeah, it's 37 million I just know people. more of the percentages, but... Okay. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, and this is interesting, what, what we're talking about is, um, so the stress and anxiety and these symptoms, it's just mind-boggling how our body manifests illnesses based, like, from um, our mental health. Like, when we're feeling good, we're healthy. I mean, I, like... <laughs> You know, we're, we're resilient, we're energetic, we have, um, you know, our antibodies are in good shape, and, and we're not sick. Um, I mean, anxiety can cause so many symptoms. Um, it can cause IBS, uh, headaches, migraines, uh, hives, skin disease, um, heart disease. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And... I think that brings me back to why, you know, I want to support people in in looking after themselves and feeling better, is they're going to actually be healthier. Like, it's just crazy. Um, There's just so much that indigestion, I mean, um, sweating, hives, uh, 
weight loss, weight gain. I mean, insomnia, so many things. And, and then where does the cycle stop, right? And then we go to the doctor and we're upset. And then, um, you know, we're asking for medication, but the medication isn't really fixing the problem. Well, it's January in Minnesota. I'd go for a little sweating right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? We'd be healthier to sweat. Yeah. Totally. We would so be. Thank uh, you, though. Absolutely. It is true. Ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest today. I, I thought it was a fascinating topic, uh, you know, the, the winter being part of it, but also I think people really are going to have to focus on taking care of their anxiety because so much of it is being caused by, well, I mean, it's just a flat-out truth that whether it's Hollywood or politicians or you go down the list, we're being lied to constantly, and you know you are, and it gives you a lot of, it's very unsettling to know that nobody's telling the truth anymore. It's very difficult. Well, one of the things is, you know what, is trust yourself. Trust Mm -hmm. your own body. Your body is your best barometer. Your body will tell you, like, and I, and, you know, I'm going to say you don't have to believe anything I say ever, and I tell that to my clients, too, and, and the bottom line is trust yourself. If this, any of this, what we talk about feels right for you, then it's bang on, go with it. You can go to E-L-K-E-S-C-H-O-L-Z. That's E-L-K-E-S-C-H-O-L-Z dot com. Elka Scholz, thank you so much for your time today. Have a wonderful day. You too, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Great to have you. All right. So, Doug, do you miss being in the business? You must miss being in that business, I would think. Uh, You know, Tom, it was so long ago, and it was really... It was just the start of what might have been a career as a therapist or a counselor or maybe even yeah. teaching. I don't, I don't know where it would have gone. I did find it, it really affected me for my whole life because you really, you have to become a compassionate person to do that job. Yeah. And realize, yeah. you know, to count your blessings and how lucky you really are because, you know, brain chemistry is such a, they know so little about it and it's so fragile and the people, the line of sanity versus insanity is very, very thin. Uh, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You went through this yep. with your father. I mean, it's, it's, yep. it's and I, I can't imagine how frightening that would be as a child. As a grown-up, it's frightening enough to watch somebody that's just totally disassociated with reality. It's, and you can't reason with them, as you know. It, it's impossible. They just, they don't, they have these beliefs and systems built up and you can't use logic you would think that you would be able to convince somebody that they're not superman or uh there aren't alien colonies living under your fingernails and all this sort of nonsense but it's not true you know what i really love about today is is that that's why i just i laugh really hard when they go with this all people uh, all men uh white men are are people of uh, uh you know white privilege yeah. Let me run a little white privilege by you. You be a little boy and watch your father see things that you can't see and see how you deal with that. Okay? Not a lot of privilege there, I will be honest with you. Because as a little boy, you're going, what's wrong with me? I can't see it. He goes, I said, Dad, where? Goes, right there. You can't see it? And goes, no. So I thought there was something wrong with me. Yeah. 
you know? Well, and there wasn't any money in the family uh, coffee cans to send Tommy to therapy to somebody that could help him deal with it either, so. What do you, what do you mean therapy? I'm straight ahead. No clear thinker. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he just starts laughing. i like, nice friend you are. Yeah. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, typical backstabber. That's all I know. Hallucination is one of those fascinating things because it's something that you can't really measure. But, Uh I mean, like, so for a very brief period, I actually dated someone that had schizophrenia, and -hmm. she was very open about it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about it a little bit. And some, I'd like, she would hallucinate things, and I'd say, so do you know... How how well are you aware that they're not real? And she said that if they make absolutely no sense, like, you know, I'm in my room and I look over and I see wildlife there, I know it's not real because how could that possibly be there? But if I'm, you know, walking around outside and I see the same thing, I can't know whether or not it's real because it makes sense that that wildlife would be there in the wild. So there is some logic to it. Yeah. To a point. If you're... If you're not to, so far gone, reason. yeah, That's you're not right. seeing, you know, yeah, the devil in your room, and you think it's real just because you believe what you see. Because yeah. there are there are a lot of people like that. But it is interesting. There's like it's a sliding scale of, you know, just because you're hallucinating doesn't mean that you believe it all or that you're like just completely incapable of rational thought. But that's right. Yeah. Well, and you go. It's episodic too. I mean, schizophrenics can yes, be yes, lucid for long periods of time, and then they get sick. And typically, it's med driven, or they get off their meds. Yep, but it's like any other often. illness. It does wax and wane a little bit. It's not full on crazy all the time. Yeah. It is astounding that we have absolutely no idea what's going on. We don't know what causes the episodes. Yeah. We don't know what causes the illness in the first place. You know, we don't know what part of the brain is sick. We don't know anything at all, despite all of our medical technology. Yeah. But, I mean, you could honestly, you could say the same thing about a lot of physical illnesses where you can actually see, like, um, certain uh, autoimmune disorders. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see the parts of the body that are attacking themselves. Right. We know exactly what kind of cell is going after what kind of other cell, and yet we still have no idea how to stop, you know, cell A from attacking cell B. Even though they like, you could physically take the cells out and look at them, but and yet we still have no idea how to control the behavior of something that's driven a hundred percent by just what chemicals it's touching. Brain chemistry, time, yeah. Which is it's very strange to me. Yeah, I, I, I do see think that. that she's right in that it doesn't raise the amount of money for research that a lot of <clears throat> no God. If you look um, at yeah, physical the, ailments get because the, you know no. No successful athlete comes down with schizophrenia and it ruins their career at the peak of their powers. Yeah, not that that drives cancer research, but mm, people that it does it, a it, lot it, though. It, testicular cancer, it's like ninety yeah. percent of people know about testicular cancer because of Lance Armstrong. Yeah. you know, if he had never gotten testicular yeah. cancer, yeah. people just wouldn't care at all. It's sad, but it's true. But that goes back to what <sighs> I was saying about mental illness being thought looked at almost as a character disorder by people well yeah the that's public. the other thing i was just about to say because there are people who are famous and then go crazy yeah like gary Busey is a good example he got brain damage during yeah. a motorcycle yeah. accident and now he's just completely out of it 
but well, people Randy look at Qua- it. Randy Quaid's either yeah, schizophrenic Randy, yeah. or he's bipolar. Something, and he's not firing on all eight cylinders. And people look at them like, oh, you know, funny Gary Busey. Look yeah. at him be crazy. That's just kind of how he is. And not that, you know, he probably lost part of his brain yeah. when he got in that motorcycle accident. But it's not yeah. seen as we have to fight brain damage. It's, right. you know, he's funny. Yeah. We need to take a break here. We'll be back. Car sell. What do you got coming up on Car Sell and well, Secrets, Well, I hope Pally. that he's here because I haven't got a text yet, but Mick Sterling, a local oh, that's music right. luminary, is supposed to be here. So I'm going to stick my head out of the studio and see if he's out there waiting quietly, and hopefully he'll be uh, joining mm. us soon. Ah, oh, sounds good. We'll be back with the family.